topic, especially when our parents are not behaving in an honorable way. God, I ask tonight that you would help us to consider the Bible and, Lord, to hold our hearts up to it and see where we need to improve. And then, Lord, may we, through your grace and our submission to your spirit, may we work to improve. Thank you, God, for a book that touches on all topics that matter, topics of truth. Help us to take the truth and apply it and live it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So we have here in Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. Um, And uh, they are laid out very carefully. God constructed them with great order and great purpose. The Ten Moral Laws given to the Israelites that are all still applicable today. The Remember the Sabbath Day to keep it holy, that has been moved from Saturday to Sunday in the New Testament, but the principle of taking a day of rest is still biblical. It's still there. Now, you've heard it said that the first four commandments deal with what? Our relationship with who? With God. So the first four deal with our relationship with God. The last six commandments deal with our relationship with who? With others. So one through four, our relationship with God. Right? Uh, Five through ten, our relationship with others. So if this is right then this will start to get right. Okay? If all you're doing is focusing on this relationship, and you're not worried about that relationship, which is a moralistic viewpoint, by the way, we don't need God, we can be moral by ourselves. Yeah, America, how's that working out for you? Not so well. We don't need you, God, we can be moral without you. Our society is crumbling. It is crumbling. Um, We need that relationship with God. But... For the purpose of the sermon tonight, I want to point out to you that the commandment that ties the first four to the last six is the commandment about honoring your father and your mother. It is strategically placed first on the list of the commandments of others. In fact, it is commandment number one when it comes to our relationship with others. Now, you notice that God begins the Ten Commandments uh, uh, there in Exodus chapter 20. Look back there with me, if you would, uh, at uh, verse number three. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Again, refer to this morning's sermon on idolatry. Uh, very plain, no other gods before me. But in the second uh, half of the Ten Commandments, in the first commandment that deals with our relationship with others, God puts number one, commandment number one, honor your father and mother. And if you're able to do this, it will help you to keep the rest of the Ten Commandments. You have a problem with still stealing or killing or adultery or covetousness, you may want to go back to commandment number five and check and see how good of a job you're doing at honoring your parents. The fifth commandment is the bridge. It is the bridge between our relationship with God and our relationship with man. It is the bridge of the relationship with our parents. Now, if our relationship with dad and mom isn't right, then chances are our relationship with God and others is struggling at best. Last week, I preached to the children. I had them all sit down right here. You all enjoy that? That was fun. I'm, by the way, I'm a little sub- self-conscious about my, my accent. I just got back from Louisiana. 
And everybody down there talks very different than anybody up here. And so if you hear a twang in my voice, it's because I've been around it nonstop for the last uh, 96 hours. So I'm a little self-conscious about that tonight. Now you're going to listen to that and not the sermon. So don't do that. Listen to the sermon, okay? Um, last week, I preached to the children. Y'all, all y'all, all y'all, you see, that's how they do it down there. Uh, all y'all, or y'all heard that sermon, and you are aware, those of you that were here, you are aware that the sermon was meant to help our children obey mom and dad. Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. That verse is meant for children in their adolescence, while they're living at home, under mom and dad's jurisdiction. However, the command here in Exodus 20 and Ephesians 6, 2 and 3, the command to honor is applicable from our birth to our death. It doesn't matter if you are three and four years old or if you're 89 and 90 years old, you're commanded to honor your parents. Now, Let me ask you a point-blank question. Do you honor your parents? Do you? You say, well, pastor, my parents are dead. doesn't matter. You've been commanded to honor your parents, honor their legacy. You say, well, pastor, my parents don't live honorably. It doesn't matter. God didn't say honor your parents if they're honorable. It said honor your parents. To say, well, my dad's a dirtbag. Doesn't matter. You've been commanded to honor your parents. To say, well, my mom's a terrible person. She's mean and ornery and she complains and she's cantankerous and I can't stand her. There's nothing honorable about her. The Bible doesn't say honor her if she's sweet. It just says honor her. Let me take it a step further. Do you honor your grandparents? Do you honor your grandparents? The word for, by the way, there is no translation of grandfather or grandmother in our King James Bible. You'll see father's father, right, or, or father's mother, but you don't see grandfather or grandmother. So I did some study on this in preparation for this message. The words, the Greek and Hebrew words, Hebrew and Exodus, Greek and in, in, uh, in Ephesians. The Greek and Hebrew words for father and mother, those words mean in our language father, grandfather, forefather, or ancestor. Mother, grandmother, foremother, or ancestor. This isn't just talking about honoring your mom and dad. This is talking about honoring your your legacy, your heritage, your family tree, those who came before you and are responsible for you being here. We have a right and responsibility to honor not only our parents, but to do justice honoring our grandparents. For the married folks here this evening, let me ask you a really tough question. Do you honor your in-laws? Do you honor your in-laws? Now listen, I know some mother-in-laws and father-in-laws are hard to get along with. I'm aware of that. I've got to tell a mother-in-law joke here. Got to do it. I can't move on without telling a mother-in-law joke. All right. So this man had developed a serious 
adversarial relationship with his mom-in-law. It was so bad that he moved his wife out of the state, not for work, because he couldn't stand his mom-in-law. It was that bad. And so he went 35 or 40 years, and he didn't talk to her. And when he was forced to talk to her, he was mean to her. She was mean to him. And the day came where the mom-in-law passed. So the wife's brokenhearted because she loved her mom. She knew her mom was hard to get along with, but she loved her mom. And so um, she didn't even know if he'd come to the funeral. And she was afraid of how he'd behave at the funeral. But sure enough, he showed up. He got himself all cleaned up. He put on a nice suit. And he showed up at his mom-in-law's funeral. And it wasn't that he was putting on a show. Everybody knew that he didn't like her, okay? But he's there, and he's doing the honorable thing, and, and he's sitting there, and the man's up there, and, and he's honoring the woman's life, probably telling a whole bunch of lies, but honoring her life. And all of a sudden, she glances over at him, and he's crying. And, 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 and she starts to sit up in her seat, and her, her face turns red, and her heart begins to beat fast, and, and she reaches in her pocket, and she pulls out a fresh tissue, she reaches it over and hands it to her husband, and she's thinking to herself, well, maybe he really did love her. Maybe he's feeling really bad about the way he treated her. And so she leans over to him, and she says, honey, are you okay? And he puts his head down, and he starts crying really hard, and he said, I'm okay. I just thought I saw her move. <laughs> That's terrible, right? Let me, uh, in all seriousness, let me remind you that when you marry someone, you marry their entire family. Um, their mom and dad, their siblings. By the way, to those of you that aren't married yet, if you're dating a young lady and you can't stand her mother, there's a good chance she's going to look and act like her mother one day. <laughs> you're dating a young man and you don't like the way the dad looks, or behaves. Now, it doesn't always work out that way, but there's a good chance he's going to act that way and look that way too. And so you make sure you understand. You make sure you understand what you're getting yourself into. And if you don't have a good relationship with him prior to marriage, you need to get that fixed before you get married. Because once you marry him, you marry that person, you have married into their entire family. Genesis 1.24 says that you are to leave your father and mother and to cleave unto your wife and the two are to become one flesh. So that means that Angela's parents are my parents. And my, par my parents are her parents. She calls my parents mom and dad. And I call her parents mama y papa. Is it papa? Papa. One is potato, the other one's father. So you got to get that right. Maybe he eats too many potatoes, right? So I, it's papa. Okay, I got it. All right. Um, I guess I don't call him that very much, or I would have known better. Um, her parents are my parents. And whatever struggles she has with them, I've got to come alongside and help her with that. 
Many of you here are too busy to honor your parents. It's not that you have a problem with them, you're just too busy. And to that I'd say, let this sermon tonight be a gut check that you've got to rearrange some things to honor your parents. Some of you here tonight are bitter at your parents and would rather your spouse not push you to honor your own parents. If you've got a godly spouse who says to you, you have a responsibility to honor your parents, whether you like them or not, don't push back on that. Don't push back on that. Let that husband or that wife encourage you that direction and follow that nudge, that push. Some of you don't get along with your in-laws and you have allowed that adversarial relationship to develop. And so if that's the case, if any of that applies to you or you want to know how you could just do a better job at honoring mom and dad uh, or your family tree, then uh, the sermon's for you tonight. Now, I propose that God has called all of us to honor our parents, whether your parents are alive or deceased, whether your parents are godly or godless, whether your parents are kind or just flat out mean and nasty. God has called you to honor your parents and to honor their name. So uh, we're going to get into it tonight. We're going to get practical on some level. But let's look at five principal thoughts on this topic of honoring your father and your mother. Number one tonight, notice the command to honor the command to honor. Look at Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 12 with me again. Honor thy father and thy mother. Now, the preciseness of the King James Bible, that word thy means all of you. All of you honor your father, honor all of you, your father and your mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord hath given thee. Now, he doesn't say consider honoring. It's a declarative statement. You are to honor your father and mother. Turn over with me to Leviticus chapter 19. Uh, Leviticus chapter 19, one book to the right there. Leviticus chapter 19 and verse number 3. This verse also lends to the idea that the one is, uh, the first four are connected to the, the last six of the Ten Commandments. And this is a verse that shows that very well. It says there, ye shall fear every man his mother and his father. That word fear means reverence. And keep my Sabbaths, I am the Lord your God. Now, again, here you have uh, uh, the idea of honoring the Lord by honoring your parents. Reverencing God by reverencing your parents. Letter A, notice, honor defined. Honor defined. Now, I'm going to give you a, a biblical definition of this word honor. And I'd encourage you to scribble it down. Here's what honor means. To attribute high status to someone. To respect. To respect. I'm going to add another one to it that I put in my notes after I emailed the outline over. Here's another one. To reverence. To reverence. So you're to attribute high status to your parents. You're to respect your parents. You are to reverence your parents. That's what it means to honor. Letter B. Notice honor described. Honor described. Once there was a little old man. His eyes blinked and his hands trembled. When he ate, he clattered the silverware distressingly, uh, missed his mouth with a spoon as often as not, 
and dribbled a bit of his food on the tablecloth. Now, this man lived with his married uh, son, having nowhere else to live, and his son's wife did not like the arrangement. She said, I can't have this. Your father interferes with my right to happiness. My right to happiness. So she and her husband took the old man gently but firmly by the arm and led him to the corner of the kitchen. There they set him on a stool and they gave him his food in an earthenware bowl. Uh, From then on, he always ate in the corner, uh, blinking at the table with wistful eyes. One day, his hand trembled rather more than usual, and the earthenware bowl fell and broke on the floor. The daughter-in-law exasperatedly said to her father-in-law, If you are a pig, you must eat out of a trough. So they made him a little wooden trough. And he got his meals inside that trough. Now, this couple had a four-year-old son who they were very fond of. And one evening, the young man noticed that his boy played intensely with some bits of wood. And the man asked his son, what are you doing? The little boy said, I'm making a trough. And smiling up for parental approval, he said, I'm making a trough to feed you and mama out of it when I get big. you got little eyes watching you. The man and his wife looked at each other for a while, and they didn't say a word. Then they both cried a little bit. Then they went to the corner and took the old man by the arm and led him back to the table. They sat him in the most comfortable chair they could find, and they gave him his food on a regular plate. And from then on, nobody ever scolded When he clattered or spilled or broke things. You disrespect your parents. You got little eyes watching you. Don't be surprised one day if they disrespect you. And when they do, you'll know where they learned it from. Honor described. Honor described. Let's move on to number two. Notice the corruption of humanity, the corruption of humanity. Why is it that honoring our parents seems to be so difficult? Well, let me let me uh, hit this with you from uh, three different uh, angles. And I think those of us here that maybe aren't honoring our parents as much as we ought to, uh, I believe everyone will fit into one of these three categories. Letter A, notice, sin brings pain. Sin brings pain. Turn over there with me, if you would, to Second Samuel chapter 14. Second Samuel 14, we'll be in verse 28 in a minute here. Let me tell you uh, the backstory here. So, uh, we know about Absalom. Absalom's sister, Tamar, was violated by her half-brother. And David did nothing about it, uh, because David felt like he couldn't because of his sin with Bathsheba. And so, Absalom took up his sister's defense, and Absalom became a vigilante of sorts. And so Absalom, after many, many years of letting uh, the hatred in his heart for his brother seethe and boil, he threw this 
party and invited his dad. Well, his dad, uh, knowing his dad would say no, dad declined. And then he said to his dad, he said, why don't you send Absalom or rather, why don't you send Amnon in your place? I love Amnon. Lie. I, I care for Amnon. Lie. I've forgiven Amnon. Lie. Let send him in your place and let him join this party uh, uh, in your in, in your stead. And so uh, uh, David was hesitant, but ultimately let Amnon go. The whole thing was a setup for Absalom to murder Amnon because of what Amnon had done to his sister Tamar. Absalom then flees. He runs to his his uh, grandparents' house, his mother's parents' house, who were king and queen in a neighboring country. And there he uh, lives for quite a while. Joab, David's general, sees the strife between Absalom, this well-put-together man who's becoming valiant and a warrior in his own right, and sees David, and he knows that David loves Absalom and wants the relationship restored, but knows there's a problem. So uh, Joab goes and finds an old widow woman and has her go into David's presence and make up this story and tell this convoluted story to David. David sees through uh, what she's doing and she puts her finger toward David and says, you need to bring your son home. And so uh, after that conversation, David sent Joab to get Absalom. Absalom is brought back to Jerusalem, but David is still so hurt toward his son that, well, look at verse 28. So he's back in Jerusalem. The relationship's still not right. So Absalom dwelt two full years in Jerusalem and saw not the king's face. Sin brings pain. You know why David couldn't see Absalom and Absalom couldn't see David? It's too painful. Too much baggage. Too much hurt. Just like Absalom was not honoring his dad and would ultimately dishonor him by overthrowing the kingdom, only to fall to the demise of death in his attempt to do so. But just like Absalom wasn't honoring his dad because of sin and the pain that comes from sin, many of you in here, statistically speaking, odds are many of you in here, you don't honor your parents because there's a history. And it hurts. And to even think about your parents makes you wince. Either they hurt you, or they allowed someone to hurt you. Maybe, maybe it is they have acted selfishly much of their lives, and they're still living very selfishly. And that is repulsive to you. When you think of your parents, you feel pain, you feel hurt, you feel disappointment. And you're sitting there and you're asking yourself this question in your heart. You're saying, Pastor, how in the world can I honor a parent that acts and lives like that? Let me tell you how you honor a parent who isn't honorable. You honor them by forgiving them. You've got to forgive them. You know, I've learned that people that are hurting turn around and hurt people. That parent that's hurt you, they're probably hurting inside. And they're giving you what's in their heart. 
and they don't know how else to do it. They probably hate themselves more than you don't like them. They don't need you to hurt them back. They need you to forgive them. They need you to see that while their behavior is repulsive, that you can take the forgiving power of the cross and you can share it their direction. So how do you honor a parent that has hurt you or allowed others to hurt you and they've stood on the sidelines and been so selfish and so self-absorbed that they allowed you to be drugged through the mud. Well, you, you honor them by forgiving them, but you also honor them by showing them the love of Jesus. You show them the love of Jesus. Hey, you were filthy and sinful and nasty and you were hellbound and Jesus looked at you and he loved you anyway. Your parents may not be the nicest people on the planet. You may not like your in-laws and the way they behave and how selfish they are. Aren't you glad that Jesus loved you anyway? Aren't you glad that Jesus was willing to hang up on that cross and absorb all the pain of all your sin and look down at you and say, Father, forgive. Father, forgive. They don't know what they're doing. They know not what they do. We sit here and go, I can't believe they treated me that way. I will never love them. And God says, but you took advantage of my love when you hurt me. And I honored you by saving you and there was nothing honorable in you. And how selfish are we, church, to absorb the forgiveness and love of God when we didn't deserve it and then turn around and not give it to a parent? How selfish and self-absorbed are we to do that? I'm not saying it's easy. And I'm not preaching this at you in a way that's meant to be mean and unkind. I'm trying to be as passionate about it as God is this evening. He's commanded you to honor your parents, even if they're not honorable. He's commanded you to love them, even if they're not lovable. Why is it that we don't honor our parents? Well, letter A, sin brings pain. Let me give this to you from another angle. Letter B, sin brings pettiness. Sin brings pettiness. Now, I have counseled many people who do not get along with their parents or their in-laws. The large majority of these people that don't get along with their parents or their in-laws, it really isn't over some deep, traumatic hurt in their life. Now, there is that out there, and you may be one of those people, but the majority of you here tonight that don't get along with a parent or an in-law, can I tell you why it is you don't get along with them? Because you argue and bicker over the silliest things. And you won't let it go. You literally act like a child that's fighting over a toy because you can't have your way. And it is petty. It is petty. It is minor. And you will hold on to this and you won't let it go. And and, and you're just mean and unkind toward that in-law because you got your little feelings hurt. Now, James 4.1 says, from whence comes wars and fightings amongst you? Come they not hence even of the lust, uh, even of your lust that war in your members? Proverbs 13.10. Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Only by pride cometh contention. Some of you here tonight are in a stalemate with a parent or an in-law, and that stalemate boils down to one word, stubbornness. You're too stubborn to be the bigger person in the situation and just apologize. You say, but pastor, they were more wrong than I was. 
If you're even wrong a little bit, you have grounds to go apologize for your part in it. A friend of mine in another church, he was my soul winning partner for a year, for, for a long time. I, I uh, had the privilege of training him how to be a soul winner and was there when he led his first soul to the Christ, uh, soul of Christ. He had a major falling out with his parents because of the way his parents treated his wife. And man, this poor guy, he was stuck in the middle. I mean, the parents were just mean to his wife. She would bring over a dessert for Thanksgiving dinner, and, and the, the mom would criticize the dessert. Every time. Every time. Put down the dessert, make fun of it, belittle it, talk about it was the worst thing at the table. And it was her way of, of, of ribbing and joking and kidding around. But the wife really took it personal and, and, and it really got her. So at one point they sat down together with the parents and they were going to have this conversation. Uh, uh, and the, the, the uh, wife uh, was going to tell her in-laws uh, about how the actions from the in-laws hurt her. And uh, uh, this was expressed and it, it didn't go so well. And the mom-in-law and father-in-law exploded and blew up. And by the time they got home... The whole conversation, a convoluted version of it, was all over Facebook. All over Facebook. And this woman wept and cried, and then she got hard and bitter. She refused to take her kids to go see their grandparents. For years, there was a stalemate there. This poor husband was stuck in the middle. He loved his parents, but he knew his parents were more wrong than his wife was. And he began to pray. He and I began to meet together and pray that God would soften everybody's heart in the situation. And that someone would give in. He did not boss his wife around and tell her that she was being petty or that she was being silly. Because to her, she wasn't. Through some preaching on forgiveness, God broke this woman's heart. She found her way to her in-law's house. And she said, I... Don't know how things have gotten so ugly between us, but I am sorry for my part in this, and I forgive you for your part in this. I want peace. Can I tell you something? That mom in law still criticizes the desserts that come over. And she still does not follow that mom's wishes when it comes to babysitting. This might hit home with some of you. She brought, before the, the big explosion, she brought her, her six-month-old baby over. Said, and you know how moms are with their babies. Really picky. This is advice to those of you that are getting ready to have grandbabies, okay? Please listen to what I'm about to say. I know that you know how to hold a baby. You've had your own. When your daughter-in-law or your daughter brings their newborn to your house... Do it their way. Now, you may have slept your babies on their stomachs. They may sleep their babies on the back. Don't say, don't tell me how to put a baby to sleep. I've done this 18 million times with my own. Don't you tell me how to be a mother. That's their baby. You do it their way. Well, this mom didn't hear this sermon. And so she was going to do it her way. And she said, yeah, uh-huh, 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 on the way out the door to her, 
her daughter-in-law about following instructions. She got home and everything was done the opposite on purpose. You know what all that boils down to? It just boils down to pettiness. It boils down to pride. Some of you here don't get along with your in-laws or your parents. It just boils down to the fact that you've got to swallow your pride and love them through their quirks. Letter C, sin brings passivity. Sin brings passivity. You know, passiveness is the idea here. Then there is the crowd that maybe falls in camp with me. I don't have any problems with my parents. I just went on a four-day trip with my dad to Louisiana. had a great time. I don't have any problems with Angela's parents. My mom-in-law has lived with us for probably close to half our marriage. It, uh, she comes and stays for four- to six-month intervals, and there's probably been four or five years of her living with us. I love my mom-in-law, love her. I get along well with her uh, 90% of the time plus. Her and I talk on the phone sometimes. Uh, I don't know her dad real well. He hasn't been as much of the picture, but I, I led him to the Lord. I have some relationship with him. My issue isn't that I lack honoring my parents because I have a problem with them. My issue when I lack honoring my parents is just because I'm lazy. Am I, am I, is that okay that I'm saying that? I, I hope I'm not hurting anyone's feelings as I'm telling you my struggles, all right? Uh, I can remember back to a time when I lived in Maryland and my parents lived up here where I would go three to four months without calling my mom or my dad. Shame on me. Shame on me. What if my mother had died and it had been four months since I called her? I would have felt awful. Passivity. Well, you know, I'm too busy. I got this going on and that going on. No, no, no. You honor your parents. You call them. You spend time with them. You make sure that they know that you love them. Don't you let narcissism or the love of self or the busyness of a schedule keep you from honoring your parents. We're talking about the corruption of humanity. Number three, notice the curse from heaven. The curse from heaven. Now, what happens if you don't honor mom and dad? Well, I want you to see this with your own two eyes. Turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 27. And verse number 16. Some of you here this evening grew up without a dad around. You you have very little history of your dad. You don't know your dad. You have an obligation to track him down and honor him. You have an obligation to love him. You have a commandment from God to do that. Deuteronomy 27, 16 says this, Cursed, that's a strong word, Cursed be he that setteth light by, that setteth light by means disrespect, that disrespecteth his father or his mother. And all the people shall say, Amen. You're cursed if you disrespect your mother and father. Don't you get on the phone and talk down your parents. While I'm on that topic, don't you get on the phone and talk down your husband or wife. Don't you talk down your husband or wife with a mother or father, with, with, a, with your mom and dad. You two are to be one. That's, that's another sermon. Don't talk down your parents. Hey, look, if your parents allowed you to get hurt when you were little, maybe an uncle took advantage of you uh, and uh, you told them about it and they looked the other way, stepdad took advantage of you and you told them about it and, and they looked the other way, pretended like it didn't happen, 
Those things happen, and unfortunately, they're more and more common in our society than we want to admit. But listen, if those kinds of things have happened, don't go around talking about that. If you need to talk about that with a counselor because you need to get help and therapy for a problem, that's okay. But you don't need to go spread that with everybody. You have a right to honor your parents, not dishonor them because of their faults and their failings. Proverbs 30, verse 17 is even more descriptive. It says this, the eye that mocketh at his father, the rolling of the eyes, teenagers, and despiseth to obey his mother, the raven of the valley shall pick it out. And the young eagle shall eat it. So the raven's going to come dig your eyeball out of your head. He's going to lay it down. The eagle's going to come along and eat it. Now, has that ever happened? Maybe. But what's the greater point being made here? Honor your parents. Or you're cursed. You're cursed. This is one of these stories I could drag out into a 20-minute story. I'm going to tell it in about two. I've shared it here before, but it fits perfect right here at this point. When I was about 12 years old, we had an uh, unorthodox-type preacher come to chapel. He was a church member. He was a quiet, introverted church member who never really spoke much at all. I don't even remember the guy's name, to tell you the truth, but I remember this event as though it was, as though it was yesterday. This man came into chapel. My dad introduced him to elementary chapel. He stood up. He opened up his wrinkled piece of paper. He set it down. He read Ephesians 6, 2, and 3. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be, or that, that, uh, that it may be well upon the earth. Uh, this is the first commandment with promise. And uh, he said this. He said, uh, he said, when I was 16 years old, I got in a fight with my dad. My dad told me if I was going to act that way, live that way, act that way, I couldn't live there anymore. And so he threw me out of my house. I ran for my parents. I rebelled from the Lord. Uh, I uh, uh, did not contact my parents. I moved to another state. I, I got myself. I became a womanizer. I became hooked on every drug you can imagine. I completely ignored my parents until I was in my 40s. Uh, my mom called me and uh, told me uh, that my dad had died of a heart attack. I felt terrible. I rushed home. Home. I uh, uh, tried to make up for lost time. My mom is bitter toward me because how much I shunned them and didn't want to have anything to do with them. He said, it's been three years or so since that event. He said, I stand here today to tell you that God is going to kill me at a young age because of the way that I handled my parents. Then he looked at all of us little kids and he said, don't be me. Honor your parents. I moved out of the state a, a few months later. I found out that within three years he was taken with cancer. Honor your parents. You want a curse on you? Continue to have that adversarial relationship with mom and dad. Number four, the character of the heart. The character of the heart. You know what it takes to honor your mom and dad? Raw character, whether they're good people or not. It's not our nature to honor someone. It's our nature to honor ourselves. It's our nature to lift ourselves up and forget about everybody else in the picture. Let me give you a, quickly here, let me give you an A, B, and a C. Letter A, our gift of time. Our gift of time. Let me encourage you to spend time with your parents. If your parents live in another state or country, and you can't go spend time with them on a regular basis, then Skype them or FaceTime them. If that technology is behind you, then pick up the phone and call them. Call them. Shortly after Angel and I were married, we were sitting in the pew 
at church waiting for the service to start, and this teenage girl was being very disrespectful with her mother. Her mother is a good woman. And the teenage girl was in a very rebellious state in her life. And my wife went and sat down next to the girl, and she said, she called her name, her name is Megan. She said, Megan, she said, I can't spend time with my mom because she's on the other side of the world. I would give anything to have my mother say anything to me, even if it was corrective right now. Those of you here that are dishonoring your mom and dad, those of you here that have lost a parent, you just wish they were here at all. Honor your parents. Give them your time. Give them your time. How do you honor your parents or honor your in-laws? You do that by giving them your time. Listen, when you can and when it's appropriate, go on vacations with them or spend a weekend with them or do holidays with them. Uh, 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 Just do your part to give them your time. And listen, it may not be that that's right right now. You might need to repair the relationship that's been broken and slowly build up to those things, but make that your goal to give them some portion of your time. My friend, we can give money uh, uh, to, to people. We can buy things with money. The thing is, is that money can be replaced. Our time can never be replaced. You can give someone money. You go out and make more to replace what you gave. When you give somebody your time, you can't go back and reclaim that time. It's gone. Time is much more valuable than money. You give your parents that time, and you love them. You say, well, my parents are are hard to get along with the cantankerous. Spend time with them anyway. And that quality time and that love that you give them, that grace that you show, might just, God might just use that to soften them a little. Let her be, notice, our gift of things. Our gift of things. Some of you here are tight, wad, penny pinchers. You're sitting next to someone that is a tight, wide penny pincher. Would you raise your hand? You're sitting next to someone who's really, really, really careful with money. Nobody? We're all free spenders in here? I'm not believing that because I've seen the offerings, amen? That was supposed to be funny. Y'all didn't laugh. How many of you will admit you're a penny pincher? You're tight with money. All right? You're not a penny pincher. I'm married to you. (laughs) You're more of a penny pincher than I am. All right. She actually is. It just, that was a funny thing to say right there. Um, Listen, you can be a tightwad. You can be a penny pincher. And that's necessary at times. But when it comes to spending money on your parents, let me encourage you to open up your wallet a little bit. Buy them things. Have your kids make them cards. Send them text messages with pictures of your kids or of you and your spouse doing something together. You need to buy them gifts at Christmas and for their birthday. And if you have a parent that's married, whether it's your mom or dad or not, they're married to, for their anniversary. It's honoring them. It's honoring them. Now, men, don't jump on your wife because she spent money on her mom for her birthday. I don't have any money. What are you spending that for? Look, you buy yourself a burger on the way home from work all the time. Let her, let her spend money on her mama. Let her honor her mama. Let her see, notice, our gift of thoughtfulness. 
Now, whether your parents are alive or alive or deceased, this is something we all should do. Hey, hang up pictures of your parents and grandparents and your in-laws in your house and talk about them to your children and those who come to visit you. If, if your children don't know your parents and they're not hearing fun stories about them and the good side of them, you're not doing your job to honor them. If your parents are deceased, I would encourage you to make a photo book that you can hand to people and show them pictures of your loved one when they were alive and sit down with someone who is expressing little interest and show them, uh, 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 tell them about who your mom and your dad was and help them to get to know them better. Why? Because you are honoring your parents. Yes, they might be deceased, but you've still been commanded to honor your mother and your father. Now, let me ask tonight, how many of you here, please participate, how many of you here would say that you have somewhat of a creative nature? Would you raise your hand? You have a creative nature? Then be creative in how you choose to honor your parents. Find ways to be creative. That creativity uh, uh, is spelled L-O-V-E. That, le- that creativity brings out a lot of love to someone. For the rest of you that aren't creative, I've got some advice for you. You ready? Google it. Google it. There are a million ideas on the Internet on how to honor somebody. And so do it. Do it. Be thoughtful. Number five, and lastly, I'll be quick here. Notice the conditions of hope. The conditions of hope. Look at Exodus chapter 20 in verse 12. Let me read it for you. Honor thy father and thy mother. Why? Here are the conditions. That thy days may be long upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Exodus, or rather Ephesians 6, 2 and 3. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Why? That it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Letter A, notice, quality of life. It says there that it may be well with thee. Let me ask you this. Do you find that everything you do is a struggle? It just seems like, man, life's hard. I feel like I'm swimming upstream all the time. Do you think maybe God's working against you because you're not honoring your parents? I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's a possibility that your life is hard because in your heart you're not honoring mom and dad. You're not honoring your family heritage. God promises you quality of life, that it may be well with thee if you're honoring your parents. Let her be, notice, quantity of life. It says there, and thou mayest live long on the earth. I think of Methuselah, maybe epitomizes this the best, lived to be 969 years old. You look at who his daddy was. His daddy was Enoch. He had a godly father. No doubt he honored his father. Up to and through his translation to heaven or his being carried away to heaven. Now, There are some conditions here to a quality of life and quantity of life, but they involve honoring your parents. Whether your parents are honorable or not, lovable or not, whether your parents are good folks or bad folks, tonight let me ask you a question. Are you honoring your mom and dad? To those of you that still live at home, the way you honor mom and dad is that you obey with a good attitude. And you obey thoroughly. You don't just follow the letter of the law. 
You follow the spirit of the law. That honors your mom and dad. That puts a big smile on their face. So let's do our part to honor mom and dad. Let's have our heads bowed, eyes closed this evening. Heavenly Father, each situation is different. And Lord, your wisdom is going to need to be granted in a whole lot of scenarios here tonight. But God, where we are lacking the honor because of our own sin and our own stubbornness, would you show that to us? Would you reveal that to us? And then, Lord, would you help us to confess it? And, Lord, help us to claim the verse in 1 Corinthians 13 that says, Charity never fails. Lord, may we be those that give your charity, your love, that compassion, even to people that are hard and mean and cantankerous. God, may we see that verse proven to be true over and over and over again. Help us, Lord, to be a church of people that honors our parents and our grandparents. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand to our feet.